Hey, Kathleen. Yes. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. It's uh, it's Hank. You're uh, you're live on the new Nerd Nation Entertainment broadcast. Pleasure to have you on. Hey. Thanks for having me. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um. Yeah. So uh, I was I was kind of telling you what I had going on, and um, you were like more than happy to help. So so thank you. I appreciate you being here. For sure. It sounds like an interesting concept, and I loved what you shared with me. And uh, yeah, lots of good stuff. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, and uh, just a little backstory for the viewers. Um, you know, we met, I met you during the earlier stages of my sobriety. And we, um, you know, we just stayed cool. We didn't talk too much, but we would randomly run into each other, like whatever, you know. Um, and you were always very cordial and like super cool. So I appreciate that. For um, sure, that's what it's all about. I was scared to talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it did. Well, it didn't seem like it, honestly. Like you, you seem like you, um, you knew what you were doing, and you knew your purpose, and you fulfilled that purpose. You know, one of the best things in in recovery is fake it till you make it, right? So <laughs> I think maybe that part of that was, you know, I came in looking at my shoes, and then it took a while, but. You know, then then I started to to realize and, and grow up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. You know, to be honest, I was thinking about it before we spoke, and I was like, you know, you're probably the only person that I would be cool with in my drinking days and not in my drinking days. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I, I definitely would have bought you a few. That's for sure. That's how I drink. Hey, let's <laughs> drink more. And, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll buy you as much as you want because I, you know, whatever it was like hey i i knew that uh my the tab would be flowing if you were around me that's for sure true same i, I, I was baller. I, I thought it was pretty cool if i could buy everybody all their drinks <laughs> yeah same i i had that same kind of mentality um now i i uh i wanted you to share your story because you know at face value you seem like the sweetest person in the world you know and you're not, um, and it's not fake, you know, like when you smile, I genuinely feel your smile. You know, I, I don't feel it's forced or like you're putting on a show. Like, um, so that begs my question of how did you feel you had an issue with drinking or anything of that nature? Yeah. So my story kind of, I'm the youngest of four and, you know, we, we, as, as, as a family, um, you know, we, we would just drink. That's what we do. We drink in good times. We drink in bad times. You wouldn't come over to, to my house for a cup of tea. You know, I was just raised as, uh, you have a bar, you come in and, and you're, you're, it's hospitality. You're offered a drink. Um, so that's kind of how I grew up. Uh, I had a father, um, uh, the the word functioning alcoholic was was always kind of thrown around and thrown about. Uh, he he was the most you know steady going guy. I mean, he raised four kids, put four kids through school, uh, but he drank every day. You know, but we didn't really suffer any of those consequences. He never got mean. He never w uh, woke up hungover. Um, the the only thing that he would do is after about eight o'clock, we just knew not to. Uh, not to call him, you know, it was just, you just don't call dad after eight because it would just be a little bit repetitive and, and he was always our go-to and sure. so, uh, you know, moving forward, I, I went to Michigan State 
I graduated in hospitality business. I moved right from there to Chicago, where I was uh, working at some really uh, nice places. Started off steakhouse, mainly men. I think I was hired for some quota, so I was a female, and I was I was managing, you know, this this very well known steakhouse. And then I, I I met the bartender, you know, started dating him. Then I got involved with, which is a you know extremely nice hotel. And my, my drinking started to kind of take off there. Um, but my sister started to have babies. So I moved back to Detroit and, um, found myself working in another nice restaurant for, uh, um, and I worked there for about seven years and, and my drinking, of course, I was, I was holding it together. Um, but it had started to elevate and then, you know, kind of, they started noticing, you know, like, Hey, not really making sense all the time. The numbers at the end of the night aren't really adding up because I was, you know, adding them up and, and some fishy behavior was going on on my behalf. And so I decided to, to leave them probably knowing that the writing was on the wall. And so then I, I, uh, and in all of that, I, I met my husband at the bar uh, he poured a good drink. The, the funny joke is, is that, you know, he, he poured a really good drink. And so I married him. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Basically, yep. Yeah, you know, I, I and, and uh, so then, you know, I drank myself really right out of the hospitality and um, I couldn't work. I, the last two years prior to me getting sober, I don't, I don't think I, I breathed a sober breath. So consequently, my my liver started to fail. I started to turn yellow. I was oh wow living like a living like a vampire. Uh, you know, my husband would work. He would. I would drink all day. I would pass out. You know, throughout the day, kind of wake up. He'd be gone. I now question around. question so, real quick before I forget. What what was what was your drinking like? Like. Did you drink um, socially all the time? Did you drink alone? Did you um, did you create stuff when you drink? Did you paint? Like, what was your thing? Yeah, so I it started off socially, you know, like we were just talking at the beginning of the call. You know, I love mm-hmm. to be around people. I was drinking and driving. I was I was socially out there, you know, like hey, let's have more. I, but it then it turned on me. Like the, those last two years, I was an isolator. The darker the room, the better. Um, you know, I was hiding stuff all over the house. It, it didn't matter that that my husband drank. Um, it, it I, I I needed it, you know. So I'd have a fifth in the bedroom. I'd have a fifth in the freezer. You know, I was sneaking, I was lying, the snowstorm wouldn't have stopped me. I was going to the store at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, making up excuses to the party store that I had to have. <laughs> I mean, just some crazy stuff, but it had wow. turned, it had turned into isolation. Yeah. Um, it had turned <clears throat> into a necessity. Alcohol no longer was, I, I had the shakes really bad. Um, so what happened is I, I, I basically, I stepped on a nail um, and I had to go get a tetanus shot and I, I couldn't keep any food down. And I was, uh, you know, on antidepressants cause I thought I was depressed. Well, you know, come to find out later, I wasn't depressed. I was an alcoholic. And, um, so it took me about two months after the nail incident to, to seek out the guy that actually at the urgent care said, Hey, do you, 
you think you might have a problem drinking? And I was like, no, I don't, there, there's no way I have a problem drinking. And um, so I went to have an interview finally. Oh, I forgot this part. So my family decided to do an intervention with me. And um, No way. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's hardcore. That's hardcore. That. So yeah, go ahead. Up. What What happened with that? So I had threatened my life to a friend of mine, um, <clears throat> someone I worked with at the pen. She yeah. had called my sister. And um, my sister called Jeff, and uh, they decided to do an intervention. My Jeff regrets this, actually, t- to this day. I mean, he, he called my sister because he didn't – they called each other, blah, 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 because they didn't know what to do with me per se and right. um jeff was in his own addiction you know he was drinking <laughs> he was taking pills the whole nine yards so sure. he was having his own problems and uh so they all come over to my house my dad my mom my sister and my one of my brothers uh come over to my house and it was an intervention gone wrong by the by the end of the night they didn't know what to, you know do with me jeff had to go to work my dad stayed with me and by the end of the night i had taken him to the local <laughs> one of my local uh, liquor stores and introducing him to the to the owner and we were he bought a bottle of gin and I bought a bottle of vodka and you know, so that's how the intervention went. <laughs> wow. Well, what was the what was the deal with the intervention? Like, were they asking you to immediately go to some kind of hospital that night? No, they or what they was the. Provide- they didn't provide any help. They just said, you need to stop drinking. They didn't, they just said, you know, drinking is, a, you know, my mom goes, you don't handle alcohol re- well. I, I don't remember what all was said. I, I really don't. I just remember them sent, telling me that I had to stop drinking and that, but with no, no, they weren't saying go to rehab or else. They were just saying stop drinking and then everybody left. I mean, it was sure. very odd it, yeah. it, because I think, you know, my dad didn't, now, did yeah, you feel did fun. you feel uh, singled out when that happened? Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, there's no way. How am I going to ever stop drinking? Yeah, but yet they're going to still drink. You know, it, it was it was just. I knew I didn't handle alcohol well, but I did not know, and I say this to this day, and I say it to newcomers that walk into the room, I did not know that there was a solution that there was help for me. I did not know about AA when I was doing my amends with my sister. She goes, you know, you don't, you don't remember Dylan from 902 and O going to AA meetings. And I said, no, no, I do not remember Dylan going to AA meetings. (laughs) I, in my heart of hearts, I did not know that there was, there was a salute. There was help for me. I didn't know that there was AA and my whole world was revolved around it. I mean, I worked it, my marriage was based on it. My family drank. I mean, I just, I didn't, I didn't know. I, now, I from what I, when I witnessed, like, uh, not to cut you off, I apologize. Um, I, I, from what I witnessed, like, every time somebody new goes there, it is like, um, I don't know, it's overwhelming, you know? And um, when they go there, they, they get kind of weirded out even you know sure. so so it's how how were shit. you how were you not weirded out especially being a, a female because uh, yeah, it's dominantly male for sure and and i'm young girl mm-hmm. i mean i was 34 when i came in uh, i'm for sure. 41 now and uh, and i was scared shitless plus i didn't really uh, 
I was so worried about what other people thought of me and that oh, you would drink too if you had my situation. And, and right. my problem, some people come into AA and they're, they have this horrible past that they just can't get over. Well, mine was, we call it, you know, the wreckage of the future. I was so worried about what was going to happen 10 years from now, 15 years from then. I, I you know, I couldn't stay into, I was, what am I going to do when my husband gets sick? And I, and what am I going to do when, when I go on vacation and can't drink, I was so fixated on worrying on what was going to happen. And, and then to couple that, I thought you were judging me. I, did, I didn't, for me, the real healing began when I listened to other, specifically other women, because I, I had to learn to listen, but to them share their stories about them, you know, not being comfortable in their own skin and not being able to to have conversations and and all of these things i had to i mean very very basic things i could no longer do when i first came into the program and for me it was so important to just listen i mean i and i share this story too i mean we we have these these readings that we do in in the beginning of, of meetings and obviously you know them but i i had they would hand them to me and I would just pass them to somebody else because I, I couldn't <laughs> fathom the thought of people looking at me as I read how it works. I just right. couldn't do I was one year sober before I had enough confidence in myself that I could read how it works in front of a group of people. I, it, the process has been so slow. And then to get into the whole aspect of, of finding what we call a you know, higher power and all of that, I, I had one from when I was young. I just had had lost it and and so this and you and i mean and you asked you know how how as a female i just had to listen i had to then share my story i had to let people in i had to go to the and then when someone asked me to go out to eat for the first time i'm like no way i'm not going to go out and eat with somebody else but that was crucial for me i um i met this woman named lee and and we're about mutton jeff she's probably six foot uh, African-American heavyset woman and an older one, you know, in her, in her late fifties at the time. And we met at a recovery, you know, um, place and we mm-hmm. became thick as thieves and she didn't have a license and I did. So we would have these meetings before the meetings and then the meetings and we didn't know what we were doing, but you know, I actually talked to her today. I mean, those are the type of relationships that I was able to, to find. And, you know, they say get so far into the program that you can't get out. And, and that's been the story for me. I, I, I work a program. I have a sponsor, I have sponsees. I have, I've, I'm committed to this program because I know I'm still scared. I talked about it this very morning at a meeting. I'm, I'm scared of that first drink. I still am six and a half years later that first drink scares the shit out of me because I will die. If I go back to that, you guys won't find me. I, I don't think that I would come back. I think you guys would find me in, in Canada if I could get to Canada mm-hmm. <laughs> right now because I would just take off. I, I would, I, I, I'm so scared. So I will do whatever it takes to not go back to the hell that I was living uh, before I got sober. Yeah, I... um. I just wonder because a lot of people are very discouraged when they're in an addiction or anything of that nature. They're discouraged to get help. And I think part of it is because they don't want to get judged, but also it's it's trust, you know, because, yeah, like 
but I, I feel like it's trust a lot, like because a lot of people, you need to open up to people in order for something to get solved, you know? Sure. You it, have to let, I had to let people in. I had to exactly. let them know the real me and then also realize that they're going to like that. And if they don't, you know, like what other people think of me is none of my business. I was so fixated Amen. on what other people thought of me like oh my god and then comparing and when people kept saying you can't you you have to identify you cannot compare because every situation we all come in into Alcoholics Anonymous not on a winning street everybody's coming in there but it really doesn't matter it doesn't discriminate it doesn't care if you're black you're white you're young you're old you're you know a, a freaking brain surgeon a lawyer <laughs> Or you come off the streets. It, it doesn't discriminate. And it yet doesn't. we all have this common uh, bond with one another. And I, I mean, to me, I'll help anybody. It, 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 it has become a, a point of service for me. But that has, now, that I talk that game now, but that took a long time to get. Oh, to that. sure, sure. What, yeah. what? Um, you, you obviously had to see some kind of miracle or something cool that happened along the way of being sober for you to continue to being sober. What did, what did you see that opened your eye to be like, you know what, I'm going to keep going. I know I only said I was going to year, but I'm going to keep going. What, what was that for you? So I didn't have like the spiritual awakening that some talk about, like this bright light. I just, right. over time... The necessity and the need to drink had disappeared. It, it wasn't sure. the first and only thing that I thought about. It. And I don't know how that happened. And that was like, wow. Uh, I And then I, I started to, to see in other people, like, you know, some people say, if you, if you see it, you, you, you know, you got it kind of thing. And I started to see the laughter and the smile. And I knew deep down there, there I wasn't a terrible person. I had created it all. All of these fake stories, I had made myself to be this like terrible person and someone who didn't have any, couldn't do anything. And all these, all these fake stories that I had manifested in my head, I had to stop believing them. And I had to get around a group of, of men and women. I had this guy, Noel, that, you know, would pretty much take me under, you know, his arm. And he had me complete, like said, you are going to go tell your dad. Because I, you know, I had issues like, oh, my God, you know, and yeah. then being, being around my family. And my dad then was diagnosed with liver and pancreatic cancer. And I was like, oh, my God. I, and then my, you know, all of these things happened. And Noel goes, you are going to go do, tell your dad that he gave you a great life. And so I showed up at my dad's place. And time was of an essence because he was very sick. And I just said, Dad, thank you for giving me a great life. I mean, I could get, you know, and, and I said that to him. And, uh. You know, I, I, those are the miracles. I mean, that True. was only my dad was diagnosed at nine months of sobriety. My my sponsor showed up to give me my ninth month coin, and and people started to care about me. People genuinely cared how I was doing. Were you? Because from the sounds of it, you were kind of like a bar star, though. So so if you were playing the bar star, how how was it that you felt people didn't care about you? Well, that was, I mean, like the two years prior to, I had stopped all that. I had stopped going out. I was an isolator. Oh, okay. I had stopped. I mean, those people weren't in my life anymore. It was just my husband. Sure. It was just him and I. I mean, I had stopped going to family events because I didn't want them to, I mean, if my parents knew how bad 
things were. I but though I was a bar star until I wasn't until I stopped. So <laughs> True. <laughs> I had to drink too much and it just was a mess. I just didn't even want to leave my house. So you know those people, but I had still had minimal contact with them to the point where I was calling them to threaten my life. You know, like that's where it had taken me. It had taken oh, me wow. into those depths, but. Um, yeah so as far as the miracles they just they they kept coming and 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 i kept feeling this sense of unity that i had never a sense of belonging you know i i thought i was so unique i i and i thought i had to be put on all these masks and be somebody that i wasn't and pretend and you know every my favorite saying i'm fine how are you i'm fine everything was fine everything was so not fine but yet i kept saying everything is fine. Everything is fine. And it was the furthest from fine. And now I can say that. Yeah. I heard the uh, acronym for that. It's fearful, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. They, uh, I heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I try to stay away from that word because it's like you're putting a certain energy out when you say that, you know, and I, I appreciate you talking about that. Cause that's, that's, um, that is funny that you acknowledge that word. Um, it's a bunch of crap. I was like so not fine. True. Nothing, nothing was fine. That that's such a shocker, though. I, you know, honestly, we've uh, talked all these times, but I I don't think I ever heard your uh, your whole story. You know, yeah, that's and, pretty much it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, that that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I hope you continue to keep keep going and um, help other people too, because which I know you will and you have, um, because like I always just remember certain things that uh, cliches or whatever that our sobriety fits in a shot glass, you know. Yeah, and, it sure does. You know, it's it's, it's certain push-ups, right? It's right, they're doing push-ups. True, it's just waiting for me to put my guard down, and and that's something I. One day at a time, and that's the other thing. I don't have to think. I don't worry. Today I've got today. You know, whatever happens today, I just got to do my best. And, and there's all these steps in this program of, of action. If I can just continue to do the right thing, I think I think I'll be okay. Nice. Yeah, you will be. I I uh, I think you're an incredible incredible person. I think that um. I think that it sounds like you've came a long way, which I honestly, I thought you were like that way the whole time. You know, I didn't know, I didn't know there was a dark Kathleen. Oh, very, very dark, very dark. And I, yeah, I say that to some people, it's like, oh, you didn't drink like that. I I sure did, without a doubt. I asked, asked, asked Jeff. So yeah, life is, uh pretty awesome today and I, and I owe it a lot I owe my whole every I heard this you know and all this is not original I mean I I don't what I'm speaking I I you know have heard sure it's not it's not coming out of out of me originally um but all the good things that have coming out of my life right now is it if you could put a a string on it is a direct uh relation to to me being sober and, and I owe a lot of a lot to Alcoholics Anonymous yeah I um I always pay homage to them because they you know it, they started me off you know so I I always yeah. have to pay it back um in, in closing because you just made me think of this question uh so last thing I'll close with this um do you think that you were reprogrammed in order to stay sober 
brain? Yeah, yeah like I, there's yeah. um like I've even heard somebody say one time that um they needed to be hypnotized pretty much or something like that cuz their their whatever was so bad. You know, and, and and there's that whole thing of people and what they think AA actually is. You know, like a cult type it, of thing. Exactly. Uh, I would, in my personal experience, I did not, but I, I, because I, I had to find something though that would replace my go-to of alcohol. So that became meetings, that became service, that became. There's all sorts of things. I mean, I, I had to commit to, to. I don't feel like I, I got brainwashed in any sense. No. But I have faith. I have all of these wonderful things that replaced the necessity for me and, and what I found in alcohol. I've been able to 100%, I guess, be reprogrammed to, to other things, but it hasn't been like through osmosis. I mean, it has right. been because I'm, I, I want it and I work for it. And, you know, it, it, this isn't a program for anybody who, who needs it. They they have to want it. I mean, I you can't force anybody into into this. Of course. I don't know how all, like, I looking back, I can see where my higher po- power put me and how he's helped me along the way. And, 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 and I guess I'll close with this is that, uh, you know, I, I chase the relationship with my sister and, and my nieces and nephews. They're all, if they need me, you know, I want to be, there for them and if it never happens and they never need me great but i believe that there's a purpose for a sober kathleen to be in this world and i don't know what it is yet um other than who i have immediate you know contact with right now but i believe that my higher power has a plan for me and it only for me and i'm only i have to be sober in order to to do his plan And, and that's that's what i got Amen. Amen. I love it. Thank you, Kathleen. You are amazing. Uh, you're, you're amazing. Thank you. Right, you you and your husband rock. And uh, it's such a it's such a good love story, too. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to have them. That's for sure. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, if you need if you guys need anything, let me know. Um, I appreciate this interview and uh, stay safe out there. We'll talk soon. Uh, take care. Thanks, Hank. All, All right. right. For sure. Bye.